Fox Sports 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, The Gambler. In Philly, there's a group that brings diehard sports fans together as one big family through tailgate and road trips. Now the guys from Green Legion are bringing the tailgate to the airwaves. Quimby, Hollis Tank Thomas, Michael Diaz, and Chris Sack always keep the party going, so crack a beer. Take a shot and join the virtual tailgate now on Green Legion Radio. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. My name is Quimby. I am John. <laughs> There's my Bud Light sound tank. My man. I am joined alongside my three partners, Hollis, Tank, Thomas, Good Chris, evening. Master, and Shut Up, Michael Diaz. What's up, fellas? How are you tonight? What up, yo? Actually, it's this afternoon if we're on Saturday, right? Yes, this afternoon. Yes, sir. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> You're doing great at it. And and by the way, this is another episode where I must start off and say I would still pipe Sean McVay's girlfriend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Solid analysis, as always. <laughs> I mean, you are always known for your high standards there, Quimby. So it's, you know, not that much of a stretch. Everybody, we got a packed show today. Uh, we are broad, we're pre-taping the show on Thursday, and Carson Wentz just got traded today. So there's a lot to talk about. You may hear some redundancy here, but we also have done a lot of research on what we want to talk about. We want to dig into Howie Roseman and his antics a little bit further. And uh, and Hollis may even have some insight from players that he knows and people around the league that have, uh, have talked more about some of his some of his shortcomings and some of his his talents and why he might still have a job, but we're going to break that down for you today. Big time. It's also, we're, it's, it's called Howie day, baby. <laughs> it's a Howie day. It's a Howie day. It's it, it, February 20th is now an official holiday in Philadelphia. It's Howie day. We celebrate everything about Howie Roseman because unfortunately it appears as though we're not going to be able to shake this booger for the rest of our lives. He's going nowhere. DS. Uh, it was weird. I saw the run sheet and saw that you had Howie Day, and I was pretty sure you weren't referring to the intimate singer-songwriter who plays love ballads on uh, WXPN. I'm like, has Quimby softened up as he's been <laughs> Howie Day now? <laughs> yeah, he's going from Howie Day to Tricky Dad opening up the show. So, uh, you know, we know we know Quimby. He likes to cover all bases. All right. So, uh, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports The Gambler. 102.5 FM. If you want to listen to our podcast, rate, review, subscribe, download us, you can go on iTunes or Google Play and search for Green Legion Radio. You can also just go to the iHeartRadio app, download that. You get all three shows, Green Legion Radio, the flagship show, Get Tanked Happy Hour with Tank and Quimby, and Ice to Shorts Winter Sports with Sack and Diaz. All great shows, all coming to the air, hopefully uh, on Fox Sports The Gambler come April. Uh, and like we teased the, the show about uh, – about the Phillies coming up, that's that's definitely in play right now. We're just ironing out the details. So that's going to be an excellent one. Green Legion Radio, brought to you by Bud Light, Stateside Vodka and Stateside Bourbon, MCS Construction Services, thenextsip.com, all Kavanaugh's restaurants, Kavanaugh's Riverdeck, Kavanaugh's Headhouse, Kavanaugh's Rittenhouse, and Kavanaugh's University City. Of course, please go over and help the beautiful ladies over at Delilah's get through med school. That is important. And all of our City Fitness Philadelphia locations. And if you are not in Philadelphia, you're over the bridge. Make sure you get 
all of your health and fitness needs over at Echelon Health and Fitness. Howie Day, baby. But before that, Tank, what happened this week in sports history and what happened this week in Hollis history? Well, today is February the 20th. It's the 51st day of the year. There's only 314 of these puppies left. We're going to start off with some national holidays. Today is National Muffin Day. Oh, yes. It's also National Cherry Pie Day. Hello. (laughs) National, (laughs) National Whale Day. Comfy Day and National Carson Wentz is Gone Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that a national holiday? I just thought it was. <laughs> hey, and I got I got some quick events here. Uh, the first event is uh, February the sixteenth, nineteen eighty four. We had the uh, Bill Johnson. He becomes the very first American to win a gold medal in the in down in the downhill skiing event. I didn't know. I didn't know it took us that long to get a downhill skiing event, but then I looked at skiing and figured we had mastered it that well. So then we go to nineteen to February the nineteenth, nineteen sixty five, by adding at the NFL added an extra official, uh, the uh, the line judge who still does nothing. Uh, go to then I then I had this um had the uh, night February the twentieth actually today. 1956, the United States Marine Academy becomes a permanent service academy, which means that all of the officers for our United States Marine Corps get trained there in, in New York. Got a couple of quick birthdays here. Uh, 1927, Sidney Portier. 1963, Charles Barkley. 1966, Cindy Crawford. And 19- yeah, 1988, uh, Rihanna. Now today's story it, it, it kind of goes with what's what, what what's going on with Carson Wentz. Um, it's how I found out I got traded. Oh, after, <laughs> after a night, it was uh, during the draft in uh, late April. Uh, my my bro- my brother pops was about to get married, so we were doing this bachelor party in Houston, Texas. Uh, and we had went out the night before gallivanting and pillaging over the city uh, <laughs> over pillaging. the city of Houston. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I woke up. I woke up the next morning, was sitting on the couch, uh, uh, bewildered, looking for looking for some uh, a Bud Light and some cereal, and um, so I cut, <laughs> I cut on the, I cut on the TV. There's two of my favorite breakfast choices. <laughs> so I turned on the TV to ESPN, and you know how your pictures on TV, but it looks like a mugshot. <laughs> so I'm looking at ESPN. I was like, I was like, dude, what 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 did we do last night? Because <laughs> so, because I hadn't turned I hadn't turned the sound up yet. So I just I just saw the picture up there. I'm like, I was like, oh man, I, what? So then all of a sudden, my, my cell phone starts ringing, and it's it's Andy is Andy Reid calling. Say we traded we traded you to the Saints. I was like, son of an onion. So I, and then you know it was just right after Katrina too. So so then uh so then Jim Johnson called me. He was like he he was like uh he's like hey he's like hey you know you're a big part of what we had go- had going here, and so then uh, my agent calls and then uh you got oh, hold on Sack you got a quick question? No, I wanted to see like did you exchange any pleasantries with Andy Reid? I mean we all know how you feel about him now over the years. <laughs> but, like when you were on the phone with him, was it like hey thanks coach for giving me an opportunity? Like was was it anything like that or what did you say? I said get your fat ass back over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I just said uh, you know I didn't I didn't I didn't try to step on any toes on the way out. Uh, then Sean Payton called me, and then uh, I went I went down there. It, you know, at, at at one point, 
I was wanting to, I was wanting to uh, change the scenery. And then as I was going through all this, this, all this stuff, I realized that the grass is not always greener. Sometimes it's best to stay your ass where you at. Go ahead, go ahead, Quibby. Get your fat ass back here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, and, and so, but but in doing it, um, I think I went through the worst training camp of my life when I went to New Orleans. <laughs> it was a hundred and two every day, uh, and I was like, man, I wanted to leave Philly for this, so, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't my idea to leave. And it, it's like one of those things where you you kind of. Um, in a hurry for it to happen because you want to you want to get to know want to get to know where you're at and what you're doing to get to know your teammates and pretty much getting that playbook. But that that was the uh, I think that's probably the weirdest story you guys are, are going to hear on, on somebody getting traded. <laughs> uh, and I and I like to point out that my nephew Justin Miller is in the chat room right now and he's kind enough to point out that my gray hair is coming in pretty strong. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> well, you should you come back soon. Your cut your comeback should have been it's probably the sun bouncing off this off of my silver face because <laughs> we're in the snow. It is a it is a hot one up here today or down here today, guys. You guys got snow today, didn't you? Or more? Yep, got like another seven inches or something like that up here. It's uh, well, it's no that's what good. She said. Yeah, they're not yep. used to getting that in Audubon, PA. I'm sure. <laughs> you hilarious. You, you guys have fun with that tank. That's an awesome story, brother. Um, Let's uh, let's move on because it's time for another segment of Kick Ass or Jackass. And uh, being in Costa Rica in February, Kick Ass or Jackass? Yay! Kick Ass. Yeah, the answer to that question. How about uh, <laughs> Jackass all day? And I got my neighbor's cat rolling up on my uh, my legs here, trying to drink my my vodka and cranberry. It's great. All kinds any- of distractions right now. Is that I'm a euphemism, euphemism for something else? <laughs> no, I've got the camera on, man. You can see everything. So, uh, who's got something? I, I didn't. Not, I did not do any kickass or jackass. Diaz, I know you have something. I think we Slash is going to come back in here, and he's got some. I know Sackmaster's got some. Hollis has some. So mm-hmm. uh, let's uh, let's let's start with Diaz. What do you got for us today, buddy? All right, I got a couple of Howie Roseman themed ones, and I and, and I know that we're this is a a radio show podcast, but the first one is anyone that's ever going to use that Howie Roseman binocular meme ever again, kick ass or jackass, starting with Quimby, jackass, hundred percent, jackass, total jackass. I mean, it really depends on what it's used for. I mean, if it's pure stupidity, and I can't believe I just took this guy with a draft pick, it's kick ass. But yeah, I'll say kick ass. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say kick ass only because moments after he used those uh those binoculars he was ghost because I, I, I guarantee you Jeff Lurie was looking for his ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't wasn't that the moment too where he was getting torched on Monday Night Football by Lewis Riddick? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that makes it even better. Yeah. Right. There should be yeah. audio attached to it. Okay. Uh, my my my, my last one. Also Howie-themed for Howie Day here on Green Legion Radio. Um, the quarterback factory drafting six QBs and bringing in an, another seven QBs in the last decade and having one on our current roster. Kick-ass or jackass, Quimby? Total. <laughs> hey, man, I love, saying your, I love saying your junk is bigger than it is. It gets you somewhere, but this one isn't going to – not this time around. Jack-ass. Well, I mean, we did get Clayton Thorson out of it, so, you know, it's kick-ass for me. <laughs> I think the quarterback factory is on fire right now and, and not in a good way, so jackass. 
That complete jackass. The, uh, the Mike Kafka's and the the what's the what's the other guy? The the uh, Clayton Thorson. So Clayton Thorson. And it was what? It was one more. It was one more. Matt Barkley. Yeah, Matt Barkley. And it was it's, it's, it's one more. Keep keep going. It's one that we drafted in the second round. Nick. Uh, well, Jalen Hurts. No, no, no. It was, it was it was further back. Kevin Cobb. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that worked out for us. All right, Hollis, why don't you go with your two? Okay, here we go. I got two right here. Drafting Sid Nay while Dalvin Cook is still on the board. Kick-ass or jackass? We're going to start with you, Diaz. Uh, you know, I it's I hate doing this on one-on-one drafts, but it seems like with all of Howie's draft, they're always the wrong pick. Jackass, Howie, get out of here. You know what? I, I mean, that's obviously jackass, and we're going to talk about his draft picks here in a little bit we're not going to go into the second third fourth later picks but first round picks it actually seemed like he kind of knew what he was doing in the beginning it seemed he was on the right track to to pull players that uh that that were legit number one picks and had talent but that is since eviscerated uh but jackass in and of itself right there yeah i mean i'd be lying <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't think that Sidney Jones was going to pan out, but looking back at it, it's obviously jackass. Well, didn't the Vikings trade up in front of us to jump at Dalvin Cook? We didn't even we didn't even have an opportunity. We had the opportunity to trade up to get him, but we didn't. But the fact that we overlooked guys like Alvin Kamara, who were drafted later for Donnell Pumphrey, that right there is jackass. Well, I mean, that, that pick, I, I think Dalvin Cook was taken uh, third round. Am I right? No, second. Okay. He's like, he's second. He got yeah. he got picked right right in front of Rasul Douglas. Yeah. I think we were two uh, behind them, and we could have moved up. You know, yeah. we're not even going to talk about Matt Collins. <laughs> yeah, we're not. But, we're not going to. I wasn't going to bring up that one, but my next one was uh, uh, a, a big thorough reach for big. Well, we I call him Big Pudding. A big thorough reach for this guy <laughs> in the in the first round. What do you think? Uh, Andre Dillon, drafting Andre Dillon in the first round. Uh, starting with me, I, I don't know if it was a reach. He was considered the best offensive lineman in the draft by the experts. Um, but you know what? You keep trading up and you're, and you're striking out. Again, in a vacuum, missing on one pick, it happens. Missing on all your picks, jackass. Get the hell out of here, Howie. <laughs> uh, uh, big reach, jackass. <laughs> jackass. It's jackass with the sole purpose of the fact that they didn't even meet with Andre Dillard during the draft process. They traded up two spots to take him for no damn reason. Thank jackass. you. Thank you. I didn't realize his spokesperson was Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, uh, and the last one, one pro bowler out of the last uh, seven drafts, the uh, last seven. Oh, we, I've been waiting for somebody to say it. <laughs> the one pro bowler. Waiting. I've been waiting for somebody to say it. Hold on. Hold on. Uh Uh-uh. No. All right. Hold on. Howie Roseman now has on this team how many Pro Bowlers in the last six drafts? Zero. Zero. Yes. Zero. Well, there's Miles Sanders, but I don't I don't think he should have been a pro bowler. Stop it. That was a Madden vote. <laughs> yeah, that was it was it was asinine. Now now my kick ass and jackass was having one pro bowler in out of the last seven drafts that you just traded. Ah, kick, I got you. <laughs> kick ass and jackass. 
So you, uh, it's all, you know what? Can I just put jackass on repeat? I'm just going to say jackass, 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 jackass. jackass. I'm so, I'm so out on this whole thing. And I, and yeah, we're going to talk a lot about it during the show, but man, it's my favorite team in town. It, it's something we all bond. Our business is based off it. Our show is based off it. And it's like, people ask my opinion when I, you know, talk to them, see them around or whatever. And I like, I don't even want to talk about them. I, we, we will hear on the show because I like hearing your guys' opinions, but this entire team, it's just, it's, it's jackass. I, I, don't get me going here. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> it, 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 I'm, I'm with Diaz. Jackass on repeat. Yeah. Howie Roseman, jackass. All Next day question. long, baby. All day long, jackass. And, uh, oh, a, go ahead. It's on you, Sackmaster. Uh, that was my last one. It's on you now. I'm only going to run with one Howie one. It's not even a Howie one. The fact that there's a rumor, kick ass or jackass, that the Eagles want to take a quarterback with the sixth overall pick when the general manager last year was quoted as saying that the guy that he just took in the second round was like Russell Wilson. Kick ass or jackass? It's complete jackass. I was what I thought what somebody else was going to get that, but it, I was like, are you kidding me? And it's from a viable source. It's from Les Bowen. Les Bowen, the, the, he's over there all the time. Oh, just, hold on a second. Diaz loves Les Bowen. Yeah, okay. uh, I, I, I didn't see it because I'm blocked on all of the local writers. I will say this, though, Hollis. Les Bone reported he spoke with someone on another team that thinks that that's what the Eagles should do. So yeah. it's not that the, it wasn't some, someone inside the team. But um, I, I think it's jackass Howie picking anybody with the exactly. sixth pick, quarterback yeah. or not. And the only thing that I was going to add to my jackass was oh, the sorry. fact the fact that we that we are still looking at another QB in this situation and how he still has a job. How does he still have a job? We're getting there. We're getting there. Tank, hold the phone. I got hold. I got I hold it down. Quimby, over to you. I say jackass on repeat. Yeah, jackass on repeat. Jackass on repeat. I, I agree with you guys. And, uh, you know, listen, we have the rest of the show to bash Howie. So I'm going to do this one in honor of the glare on Michael Diaz's forehead. If you guys are following us <laughs> on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Is um, that LED? Out, in, in the spirit of the fact that the Flyers are playing outdoor hockey on Sunday in Lake Tahoe, outdoor God. hockey games. Hollis, kick-ass or jackass? Hmm. I like outdoor hockey games for some odd reason. Kick-ass. Uh, I'm going to say jackass, and I'll elaborate on my point when we get to that point of the show. Only if you're in Mystery Alaska, jackass. Once a year is not bad. I'll I'll, I'll go with kickass. Right. Uh, probably one of the, my favorite days of the year is always a winter classic. When they start doing more than that, that's when it gets diluted. Slash, yeah, hold, you know. hold on, Zach. Or, or, yeah, slash, real quick before we get that. Um, if, in fact, that topic doesn't completely come back up, it's impossible to watch a hockey game in a big stadium, and that's what happens in these outdoor games. You can't see the puck. You might as well have Howie's binoculars <laughs> if, you, if you want to watch a game. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like that. I mean, if you're going to have an outdoor experience, you need to put it in something honestly like the Union Stadium, where people could actually see it. Even though that's a stretch, you can't have these huge stadiums. And, and and expect people. I don't know. I mean, you know, the event, the 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 the, the glamour, the glitz. You know, your hockey snobs feel like you're better than everybody already, and this is just something that adds sugar on top of that. But outside of that, I think the game watching experience itself sucks. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not necessarily great, but I will say that I, I went to the alumni game at Citizens Bank between the Flyers and the Rangers. Mm-hmm. You can't see the puck, but being with forty five people, forty five thousand people outside of twenty in the, in Wells Fargo, it's a blast. It's a, it's really loud. And I was at the Stadium Series game a couple years ago between the uh, Penguins and the Flyers at the Link, and that was seventy thousand. I mean, it's just you're there more for the crowd and more for the atmosphere than you are for really watching the game itself. That's true, but that's isn't that true with all Flyers games in person for the last decade or so. You're more there just for the experience and not the actual hockey since they've Man. been perpetually mediocre. Here's what here, but since we're not going to get to this topic, I'll just say here it's ridiculous that the NHL is going to promote games at Lake Tahoe when it's not going to be on Lake Tahoe. It's going to be on the 18th green at some golf course next to Lake Tahoe. They're ripping off the fans. And you know what? The players even thought that they were going to be playing there. That's it. Uh, Quimby, take me out. No, I'm not taking you out yet. Slash kicker, Sir Jackass, what do you got? All right, we're up against time, so I'll just do my one. And it's uh, taking a look-see at the photos Howie has of Jeff Lurie's wife, Tina. I really have no interest in taking a look at her. I'm a happily married man. I will say jackass. Uh, Smart answer. I'm going to say (laughs) kick-ass. Damn skippy. I am going to be very honest and say jackass because that is wrong. I am going to be very honest and say kick-ass. I'm with Tang. (laughs) I am going to say, uh, let's go to break. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We will be back with all Carson Wentz talk right after this. All right, everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. My name's Quimby. I'm alongside Tank, Sackmaster, and Shut Up Diaz once again. If you ever want to listen to any of our shows, make sure you download the iHeartRadio app. It's real simple. Green Legion Radio. Get Tank Happy Hour with Tank and Quimby. And, of course, Ice and Shorts, Winter Sports with Sack and Diaz. More shows coming, everyone, and not just podcasts. So we're excited about that. Everybody, it's time to get it, man. It is time to get at this thing. So, uh, Diaz, I'm going to let you uh, uh, take the reins on this one. Carson Wentz gets traded. To Indianapolis, as if we didn't see that one coming, which, honestly, this is the first move that the Philadelphia Eagles have made in quite some time where we actually all thought this was going to be what took place. We just weren't sure of the details. So, Diaz, why don't you give us the details of that trade and what you think about it? All right, well, I will. I think for this segment, we're going to have to go straight to the bourbon early uh, tonight, guys. I'm sorry about this. I don't want to interrupt you either, but I got to be honest with you, by midway through the show, I'm going to be completely smashed. I didn't realize how much vodka I put in my drink. And <laughs> Really? Oh, yeah. It, uh, it, woo. You get that's, Tom- orange, that, that's orange juice. Oh, you're getting, <laughs> you're getting Tom Brady <laughs> wasted, like huh? Lemon, it looks more like lemon juice. Yep. White, boy, white girl wasted tonight for Quimby. <laughs> All right, here's the basis of the deal here and, you know, breaking it down. And I can't believe people – Anyway, uh, what, the, what, the, what the Eagles get this year, they get a third-round pick in 2021, a second-round second round pick in 2022 that can move uh, – that can turn into a first if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps for Indianapolis or plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. Um, so that's, that's what we got. Thank God he didn't get traded to the New York Giants because I would have sat him at 74 uh, well, we, you know, everyone's going. We know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to play lights out. 
he's going to get hurt in week 11 and he'll sit for the remaining part of the year and we'll end up with a second round pick. It's, it's just, it's so depressing to think that at this point a year ago, we thought this guy was going to be here for the rest of the decade. We really thought that. And to walk away with a third round this year, especially for a team that has so, such a hard time drafting. Um, you know, I don't believe in them drafting in the second round or the first round, but it gives them a better shot. And just this third man. And the one thing I will say, though, I'm happy that they are going to accept this big cap hit this year because they're going to stink anyway. And next year they can start fresh. But it's like, hey, Quimby, we're going to have a blast on these Green Legion trips this year because it's just about the party. We're not going to be stressed out about the game. Not stressed about the game. Thank God. And also, you know what this reminds me of? Because now when you think about it, and I hate to say it, all right, with Donovan McNabb, we did at least have 10 years of knowing who our quarterback was. We weren't sure if he was ever going to get us over the hump. But since he has left, because I was not a huge fan of Vic, I thought Vic had a a, a cap. He was going to take you so so far, and then that was it. Uh, So he was never going to get you to the promised land as, as much as some people just loved having him here. Since McNabb has been under center for the Philadelphia Eagles, trying to find a quarterback has been like the Flyers trying to find a goalie for mm, about the last 40 years. So kind of brutal when you think about it. The one position that you have to secure if you want to play in this league, if you want to be competitive, if you want to grow in the playoffs, if you want to build, if you want to get to the promised land. Now, Again, after all that's taken place and all we found out in the Philadelphia locker room or Philadelphia Eagles locker room in the Novocare Center, I'm going back to we got real lucky. We got real lucky in, in Super Bowl 52, making it that far and, and, and winning. Outside of that, man, this quarterback situation in this town has been a complete dumpster fire. Tank. Well, yeah, it has been a dumpster fire, but I think that um, I think the powers that be let it get this way though, because they they've enabled uh, Carson, they enabled and coddled him, and you have to make you have to put, uh, put forth the one thing that I will give Big Red is he put forth a competitive environment, and when you get a when you get a competitive environment, you got people and be and this is this is going to sound cliche, but I, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's going to be cliche. It's like you have to get if you if if somebody is on your rump. That, that's trying to play too, and it's just as good as you, then you're, you're going to play better. And that brings out the best in everything. And we created this monster. We anointed him before he was anointed, and he and he got away with a lot of stuff over there, over there at the, uh, at the complex. And I'm I found that out. He, he is a nice guy, but I felt like he we had to we had to let him go. And what we he's got a, for he's him, a nice guy. he's a nice guy when he's comfortable. Yeah, and, but it's like and what he and what we got for him. That's what he put. That's what he put out last year. That though though what we got for him, that's that's the type of play that he was playing with. You can't you can't tell me that you think you're gonna get a first round pick for somebody who led the league in, in, in throwing picks and turnovers. And we get and everybody was making up all the all the all the excuses about the offensive line. The offensive line was ranked fifteenth in pass blocking. That's in the middle of the pack. And it was makeshift. Sack, give me something. No, nah, man, listen, my whole thing about this Carson Wentz trade is the fact that we are paying a guy not to be on a roster next year $33.8 million of dead cap. Like, that is by $11.6 million, 
more than the second most in NFL history, which is Jared Goff, which the Rams are paying this year in dead cap <laughs> just for him to go to the Lions. Wow. And, and Shaq, thanks for bringing up my Flyers point once again. <laughs> hey, well, the, the funny thing, hey, Shaq, talk about how much that Goff uh, dead cap money is. It's like $24 million. This well, is like This is like 40% more. It's not yeah. like some incremental amount. <laughs> it's, ma- it's a massive difference. All three, three of the top five, and this is by CBS Sports, three of the top five have all occurred in the last three weeks. Wentz, number one, Goff, number two, Stafford, number five. Uh, Brandon Cooks was three. The Rams got rid of him. And then Antonio Brown, which the Steelers just wanted to get rid of him to, you know, out to uh, Oakland. And we saw how that situation happened. It's it's an absolute disgrace what this organization has done. And it, it starts at the top. It's the crap that Howie started. Because if he didn't take Jalen Hurts in the second round, none of this crap would have ever happened. And listen, I'm saying right now that, and I said this back when he was drafted. Listen, Hollison, I, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with healthy competition. But you know the quarterback position is the most prima donna position and all of football. Tom Brady. Uh, no, Tom, Tom Brady. Receiver. 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 No, because yeah. these guys, Tom Brady wanted Garoppolo out the door. He got it. You know, like when you bring these guys in here. Whoa, they, whoa, whoa. There's a huge difference between Brady and Garoppolo. Bro. Thank you. And, there's, and, there's, there's and hold, on. hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, yeah, Hals. Yeah, yeah, the thing that you're, that you're, he hasn't, uh, Carson hasn't earned that yet. He hasn't earned in order for, for for things to go the way you're saying, for him to be a prima donna or for him to be for him to act that way, you have to you have to earn it. You talk about Tom Brady, he earned that. He was healthy all the time. They went to Super Bowls, they went to playoffs, even though they were cheating. You have to earn that. You don't you don't you don't you don't, you don't that, it's like I don't I'm getting sick and tired of us anointing cats for, for not doing nothing. He did nothing. Y'all showing highlights of crap from 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 when he was an MVP. That's like three, four years ago. What have you done for me lately? Sack. Yeah, but you got to look at it like this, Hollis. Okay, if Carson is doing this stuff and he's the one telling the coaches, I'm not running that playback. Really? Really? You as an offensive coordinator, you as a head coach, you as, you know, the quarterback coach, you aren't telling him, get your butt over there and we're going to put in the backup. We're going to put in Nate. We're going to put in Jalen. Don't tell me you're not going to run that back. This shows the the ineptitude in this organization far greater than it does in in whatever you want to say in being an enabled quarterback that Carson Wentz became. I think it's a joke that the organization let it get to this point because he earned the right not to have a second-round pick as a quarterback. He He earned the right after dragging that steaming howl pile of garbage to the playoffs in 2019 for them to give him a running back or a wide receiver, an offensive lineman that could protect his butt. Go ahead. Hey, uh, Sack, uh, he didn't He didn't earn the right. They signed him for a big contract. He didn't earn the right. They, he, he left the playoffs in the first round. They were 9-7 and seven in a crap division. This is a crap division. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Hey, he, he won four games in a row. That's, that's great. It's against the division, you know, like he didn't – it was a stupid move to, to draft Jalen Hurts, and we said it the, the day after the, the draft on our show that this can only end in a disaster. Either A, signing Wentz to a long-term deal was a mistake, and Jalen Hurts is now your guy. Or B, Jalen Hurts never sees the, the field because you just signed your quarterback to a long-term deal, and Jalen Hurts is not going to help the team win. Even a, a linebacker or cornerback is going to help Carson Wentz more than a backup quarterback. So everyone saw this except for the team because they, the team just assumed, I think, I don't know, 
They read, they're in the room with Carson Wentz. We're not. We're making judgments based off articles that come out that look to be well reported and well sourced. Uh, uh, Hollis has provided some insight with some contacts he has within within the organization. So, but but you and I and and and, and us four here, we're not in that room. The Eagles totally mishandled, misread. Carson Wentz's psyche. They thought that this wouldn't bother him. They never saw that this being a possibility. You would hope, like like Hollis says, a little a little competition. I, I see both sides here. You sign a guy I, to you, you sign it, just. I'll finish up one second. You sign a guy to a hundred twenty eight million dollar deal. It's his job. Like yeah, competition, but it's his job. That that said. Drafting a, a quarterback in the second round should should light a fire under him like Aaron Rodgers did and prove it. Like, I'm going to go out and prove everyone wrong and not be literally the worst quarterback in the league that all you get, well, Hollis said, this is all we could get, a third-round pick and a conditional first, second-round pick. Uh, it's just embarrassing, and it's like, you know, oh, God, we have to strap our name to this organization. It's It's just embarrassing. Let's have a good time in 2021 on these trips. <laughs> yes, yes, I don't. I don't want this conversation. I don't want you to be finished the conversation. I want to ask you this specific question: Do you think that Howie and the rest of the powers that be realized Carson Wentz may have been a maverick before this season was coming in? His psyche was damaged. Do Do you think that they saw this and? Actually, the Jalen Hurts pick was brilliant. I don't want to say it because I disagree with every Howie move, but you know, if they if they figured out that Carson Wentz was was already on the on on the way down, I don't I don't think that's took place. I, you know, that's the only th- that's the only if you're if, if if you want to take a positive spin on this entire season last year. The only spin is we saw this coming with Carson. I don't know. Your thoughts? No, I, I, no because they just signed him to that deal. And like what 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 uh, Sachs' point is, is that, um, you know, like he, he had earned it in that they thought that – they thought that Hertz pick was a luxury pick. The problem was probably not even thinking that, that Hertz was the pick. It's that they had faith in their – aging old expensive offensive line they're they're aging in old wide receivers that were completely unreliable unre- from jeffrey and deshaun jackson everyone freaked out here when we signed deshaun jackson everyone did because everyone remembers deshaun jackson in 2010 2009 not 34 year old deshaun jackson how, how many games has he played for us i don't know four in two years you know, and, and they thought they, they were set everywhere else and this is like well we you know we have the room here on our roster to to waste it on a second round uh, quarterback here because we're set everywhere else, which is that that's probably the bigger flaw than not figuring out when's his psyche and how he's going to react to this or taking the second round pick, thinking that everything else was all good and they're in a cont- contender stage where if Wentz goes down, we need someone with with talent in that backup position that's going to be cheap. I, I, I think that was more of the problem than you know misreading Wentz. Hollis. Uh, I think the problem with Wentz was he was worried about stuff too much, mainly because once they pay you $100 million, you are the man. The job is yours to lose. And doing nothing short of what he did by imploding, then you you will be benched. That's all you had to think about there. They Nate Sudfeld is not what wasn't wasn't happening. 
It's like if he had one year left on his contract. So you get your young guy in there because you feel like Carson is going to be your man because you've paid him. You're really paying nothing for Jalen Hurts, and he would be a good t- uh, a, a good guy to tutor. But now he's been thrust into the mix. And I don't know why everybody keeps talking about what's happening on the offensive line or the, or, or, or the receivers because he was holding the ball too long and staring down one guy anyway. He regressed, point blank. I, I, I agree. Well, you know what? Let's let's delve into that for just a second, all right? Let's talk about what this cost us, uh, all right? And, and and then on on the back end, or when, when I finish this little segment, which is going to be less than a minute, we're going to get into it more when we come back from break because we're going to take one here in just a couple seconds. All right, uh, to get the number two overall pick in 2016, all right, we had to give up to the Cleveland Browns. A first round pick, eighth overall. They took, uh, I think it. Uh, they traded back to fifteen or, or something. They took Corey Coleman, which uh, apparently the Cleveland Browns first round picks are uh, uh, the farm system for the New York Giants because that's where Coleman is. Uh, also, with the 2017 first round pick we gave them, they took Jabril Peppers, who is playing for the Giants now. And that 2018 second round pick was Nick Chubb. Uh, you know. Kind of wish we had had him, but, you know, he wouldn't have been smart enough to draft that guy. And then there was also the 2016 third and fourth round pick, 77th and 100th overall. We get a fourth round pick, uh, which was used for Donnell Pumphrey. Thank yeah, you. Man. Thank you. And then we got the number two overall. So think about that for a hot second, all three of you. And when we come back from break, I want to hear whether or not you <laughs> – how how much you didn't think it was worth it right now, or did you think it was worth it? Because we did win a Super Bowl during that that run. So think about that for 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 a second. We're going to take a break right now on Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, one hundred two point five FM, Philadelphia. Brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back right after this. All right, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, one hundred two point five FM, Philadelphia. Brought to you by Bud Light. Everybody, the topic at hand right now. Looking back at the trade, and, and of course, we all remember uh, we moved up to the uh, eighth pick in the draft by trading Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to Miami, which at that point, uh, I'll be the first one to say, I thought Howie Roseman was GM of the, of, of the freaking century. And, and then we had to give up a massive amount of picks, five picks, including two first rounders and a second round pick uh, to move up to get the uh, the overall number two from Cleveland. And here we are, five years later. And I want to know from you, I'm going to start with Diaz, go to Sack, and then Hollis, you, uh, you, you, you bat cleanup on this one. Was that trade worth it? Was that trade worth it in your eyes? Diaz, what do you got? Uh, 100%, absolutely. We're not even going to argue about it. It was worth it. They won a Super Bowl, and Carson Wentz was a huge part of it. I don't care what the draft, you, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a first, a first in 2017, a, a second, a third. Uh, trade the entire draft for two years. Give me another Super Bowl. I'll take the, the whole 2021 draft, the whole 2022 draft, and you tell me we're going to win in the next three years another Super Bowl. Uh, it's, there's no argument about it. It's, it's really crappy. Um, where they could have had the they they had they had it right there. They had the palm in their hand. It's everything that happened thereafter. Um, but as far as was it worth it? Wentz was the reason we got home field advantage. We say the same points over and over. Everyone agrees. How could you say anything? But it it was a it was totally worth it. 
uh, moving down. Uh, Sack, what do you think? Are you with me against – well, I know you're normally against me, but you're with me on this one. I'm 100% with you on this one because, listen, if you guys want to take into account too, you're, you're looking at the draft picks that we gave up, but you're also not taking into account what we got back when when Teddy Bridgewater blew out his knee and we, and we traded away sleeves, right? So we got a one and a four for Sam Bradford. So if you look at it, we really only gave up a second-round pick. Like we swapped picks in 2016, right, the two and the eight. We got a fourth in return. We gave them a fourth. Um, we got a first back for, for Bradford. So really that cancels out what we gave them in 2017 with the first round pick. And then we got a fourth pick that cancels out the third round pick in 2016. So really the only pick that you gave up was the second rounder in 2018 to get Carson Wentz. And you got a Super Bowl title out of it. I saw something today on, on Twitter from somebody that, that covers the Browns was saying that they got it right and they're the r- real winners in the trade. No, you are not because you still cover the Browns. You still live in Cleveland and you're still a bunch of losers. So check the trophy cases, boys. We have one. You have zero. Eagles win every second of that day. Hollis. Who's the only team to never host or be in a Super Bowl? Only city. Cleveland. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, we, well, we got it right. And I felt like I don't, I don't feel like we sold our soul to get the, you know, to get to, to get the Super Bowl. I, I just feel like the, some of the moves after 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 we won the Super Bowl were extremely questionable. And I, I felt like we were smelling we were smelling our, we were smelling ourselves and feeling ourselves. That's and right. we thought and we thought we thought that we could just insert people or we could get rid of people or we could it, it just like it just started going awry. And you start getting rid of the trainers that you had. And it's just like you, you find out how he's making run <laughs> making daytime who's saying who's active and inactive, who's playing, who's not playing. And he's, he's, you get to that point. And you've overstepped your boundaries. You, you're a G, you're a GM. You're supposed to pick the talent. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to coach the team. There, there's a Pat Riley. I think it's Pat Riley in, in the NBA, but it could apply to any sport. When you win a championship, what happens is the disease of more. Um, everyone feels, you know, all contributors, um, whether high or low, they all feel like I helped. I need to get paid more. I need to get recognized more. All my moves won, and Howie, man, like he might have sold his soul for the devil for that championship <laughs> because every little move, Patrick Robinson, the backup, uh, you know, Big V on the line drafted that year, Jalen Mills starting in a Super Bowl as a as a what seventh rounder or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the you know, and, and just and the, and the camaraderie, the, the the way those guys all came together, mm-hmm. uh, man, um, it, just wild, just wild yeah. how he hit that. And, and but the, but the way you the way I think about that is I I think a lot of it was uh, a little bit Joe Douglas because if you notice once he left and and, and things start going to right and I start noticing his body language because he wasn't getting to do what he was got to do when he first got here because Tank, it's, drifting it's, drifting, it's, drifting I'm sorry am I am I drifting drifting sorry, drifting, sorry. drifting what. <laughs> Oh, we're so, just huh. talking about whether or not we thought the draft picks were worth it. You're bringing in Joe, Diggle, Joe Douglas already. Well, no. Well, I, well, the, the part about Joe Douglas was was still a part about Howie. If I, if, if we give Howie any credibility for what went down, and I'm just I'm just asking if he thought the draft giving up that amount of draft picks was oh, worth it. Oh yeah, we, we were we were we were drifting, but yes, it was. Yes, sir, it was. Sackmaster. Oh, go, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kim. Sorry. I'm 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 really just. I'm going to say, be careful what you ask for, because I think every single one of us sold our soul. It wasn't just Howie. It wasn't just that. I said it. I said, hey, I'm good with being a losing franchise for five years after this. I said it. 
Be careful what you ask for, everybody. Be careful what you ask for. Diaz. Uh, I, I think, and Quimby, I, I think everyone here, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, yeah, I'd give up five years of being a losing team for a championship for all those. I think the difference, though, with this is just, it's not that, like, guys got hurt and guys got old and they tried to bring it back and it didn't work, but the spirit was good and the team seemed to still be uh, one driving force together. It's just so fractured. The head coach is fired and, and the, and the quarterback just hates the team. And, and there's all these picks and everyone's sniping at each other and all these rumors going through the locker room. Like losing isn't fun either way, but this just feels like everyone just hates their guts, you know? And, and I, I see it on the street and people are like, man, that green Legion radio, those guys just seem like they don't get along. Behind the scenes, we're all buddies. We have a good time. You know, most of the time, Sack is upset because I'm always right and proven right all the time, and he gets upset with me. But we are one cohesive unit, and it's, the Eagles are just, like, biting at each other. It's it's no fun. It's no fun to lose when everyone hates each other, you know? Sack, go ahead, brother. Uh, I, I appreciate you giving us one of your go-to lines. It's going to take us a minute to get through it. But um, I, I look at it like this. I, I understand right now everybody is hurt by my – Carson leaving and you know I, I've read some of the comments here on the board you know Car- Carson wasn't made to play in Philly I like, hate I saw that David Harris like, seriously I, man like a, come, come on man like for for four years all we did was sit there and say this guy's the man like this guy plays in Philly he played on a torn ACL you know he he played on a broken back like you know like he drug trash to the playoffs like come on man like Let's not let's not forget about the first four years that the guy was here. It was entertaining football. He set us up in the right position to go on to win a Super Bowl. And Nick Foles got got the glory and got to raise the trophy. And you know, God bless him too. But let's not look at the first four years and sit there and go, it wasn't worth it. Like last year sucked. It was pandemic, empty stadiums. We couldn't go to games. You know, it was just a bad year overall for Carson Wentz and for all of us. Like, let's just take it like this, man. I want the guy to go on to Indianapolis. I wish him all the luck in the world. He's going to he's going to a great situation, and I hope he succeeds. And I hope we succeed with Jalen Hurts. I hope we do. Now, now what? Uh, I, and I, I was about to say the same thing. I hope he succeeds, but I didn't think it was going to happen here. After what? After after how all this went down and how bad it, it truly got. I didn't think he was going to succeed here because they had he was too far gone. It's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like when you when you when you're disciplining something you you know you just a pals with somebody then all of a sudden you become a disciplinarian and it's like you can't you can't do it you can't go away from it. So I felt like we I felt like we just his leash was a little bit too long and we just we let it get away from us and then, and here's and here's what we got Diaz. Yeah yeah I, I want to just say this too. Can we please stop he with the, in any sport. He can't handle Philadelphia. Don't let the fans drive the talent out. I mean, he he doesn't he didn't even listen to any of the fans. It was it had nothing to do with us. It was all in inner politics and and uh, and all that. But I will say this: um, you know, we've got a, we've got some good trips on, on the Green Legion Invasion Tour for 2021. But silver lining of this trip. In 2022, the Green Legion will be invading Indianapolis, which yes, doesn't sir. sound. Doesn't sound like a huge uh, destination, although for this one instance, maybe we'll get a couple more legionnaires that will join us in the middle of the country uh, next year. What do you think, Q? Uh, Thomas Palmer is saying the exact thing that I was going to say. I hope he succeeds for two reasons. It gets us a pick. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So let's let's just just lay on that. And, yes. Mm. 
I have been to Indianapolis. I have run trips to Indianapolis. They have just not been for Philadelphia Eagles games. Uh, I used to run trips for uh, uh, for Drummond Bugle Corps. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where they have their national championships. Uh, we were doing it for family, friends of the uh, of the high school kids that were uh, competing. One of our good uh, friends of our uh, of our program, an honorary Theta Chi fraternity brother at Drexel University, Bob Jacobs, was uh, in charge of Drum and Bugle Corps. He's in uh, in Blackwood, New Jersey. Uh, he asked me to get involved there, so I know everything about Indianapolis already. We're good to go. We're good to go. We haven't been there since we started this thing, but I've already run trips to indianapolis so i hear it's a great great little town like a bunch of bars right in downtown yeah yeah be prepared be prepared but we need to take a break right now everybody green legion radio fox sports the gambler 102.5 fm philadelphia brought to you by bud light we'll be back with more carson wentz talk after this all right everybody green legion radio fox sports the gambler 102.5 fm philadelphia brought to you by bud light i apologize I say the Green Legion has never been to Indianapolis for a Colts game, and I lied. I apologize, Captain. Captain actually took the honorary Green Legion Grim Reaper outfit to the Indianapolis Monday night game in September of 2016, I believe it was, when I also believe uh, we won that game after a Malcolm Jenkins, who we just signed, and he's playing a second game as an Eagle, had a pick six or an important pick at the end of the game. I don't. I'm trying was that to, sixteen or fifteen? Wentz wasn't playing in that game because uh, week, uh, week two was Chicago. No, no, no wait. Uh, no, it's uh, no fourteen. Fourteen. Ex- sorry, excuse me. Two thousand fourteen. Sounds uh, like, yeah. yeah Two thousand fourteen. I apologize. Two thousand fourteen. So, and I believe uh, it, Malcolm Jenkins had a pick six in the fourth quarter that that won that game for him or, or pick. Yeah, it was Somebody a pick. will have to refresh my memory. Yeah, it was a pick, but Sproles was a, a monster that game. Unbelievable. Uh, was he? Man, he was, he was incredible. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Thanks, Zach. I, I appreciate that, uh, that, that, that correction uh, there. And, and, yeah, I do remember Sproles having a monster game. But let's, uh, let's continue on this, uh, on this Howie Carson trip because uh, it, it – Why? Just, Why? I know, I, <laughs> because there's more things to talk about. Oh, absolutely. You know, I know. And, and, and you know why? Because uh, because actually our, our listening audience tonight has been pretty dedicated, and I think everybody wants to hear our take on this stuff, especially Tanks and, and, and you guys. Not so much me. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just keeping the carnival in line. But I, I gotta be honest with you, and I want to go around the room and I want to start with uh, with Diaz and Zach and then Hollis. Uh, you know, your opinion is, is is valued on this one probably more than anybody's because you've seen so many of these. Where I do not regret and agree with what all of you said in our last segment about Carson Wentz coming to the team, actually winning us a Super Bowl and giving up those draft picks in order to do so. Yes, I agree. It was a great move. It won us a Super Bowl. However... How many of those great moves have actually taken place? And after this, our compensation for Carson Wentz is a second and a third. I'm not so certain I'm a complete believer in these monster trades anymore. I I, I want your take on this. I, I you know, it, I, I it's a it's a 
it's a it's bad acting, but a great movie in draft day. And and, and I, you know, it's entertaining for me. I I still wonder how how does Kevin Costner keep getting work? But uh, I don't I don't know. If I'm a GM, I don't after after seeing all these disasters, predominantly with quarterbacks. All right, that's that's what this is all about. It's all about getting your quarterback that you want in the first five picks of the draft. And I don't know, Diaz, are, are these picks in general worth it? We can bring up so many of these move-ups and, and, and situations well, that turn into a complete disaster. Your take. Uh, I mean, first, yeah, when you said massive trades, I, I don't know exactly what you mean, but I, I think yeah, I get you. Up, you have a number of first round picks or high draft picks to move up in the draft to get the player that you want. Right. Well, you know, there was a, I was reading something today and they, Bruce Arians was, um, was quoted. They, they asked him like through all this process of scouting and interviews and, and getting, you know, the guy's complete background of his whole life history and, and his, his, his brain and everything like that. Um, what do you think is the success rate? And he said like something like 30%. Or something like that. Um, I think what happens when you give up a whole lot to get a, a quarterback that high, if it works, it's totally worth it. And if it doesn't work, you're going to be hamstrung anyway. You're going to be bad. And you're going to be right back there. So, you know, that that's one way to look at it. But here's an interesting, here's an interesting stat before I move on here. Uh, I saw today between 2009 and 2016, there was 22 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. None of them are with still with the team that drafted them. There was 22 quarterbacks taken in seven years or eight years, I guess, between 09 and 16. None of them on the original team. Sack. Now, listen, I look at it like this. If you, if you identify a guy to be your guy, you go and get your guy. Whatever you have to pay, whatever the price may be. With that being said, though, you want to make sure that you have the draft capital to go up and get that guy because the only way you're going to sustain success in the NFL is if you build through the draft and you do it that way because you need young talent, good young talent, guys that can come in and you want you want talent. A lot of times talent isn't just you know being a, a pro bowler. It's a guy that knows his role and does it well. And, and fits in, you know, into the machine as a cog and, and allows a defense to play a certain style. Um, that's where the Eagles have failed over the last few years. They have not identified the right players. They have not identified the right people to come in here and be difference makers, as we've seen with J.J. Arthago-Whiteside instead of D.K. Metcalf, as we've seen with Jalen Reger instead of Justin Jefferson. These uh-huh. things right here – come back to bite you in the ass. And when they do, it hurts you, just like this trade. Yeah, okay, we got something for it, but, you know, for Carson Wentz, but, man, we're going to bite the bullet with the dead cap this year, and we're still not even completely short or sold on the guy that is the heir apparent that's going to take over. We've only seen it for four games in Jalen Hurts. Quimby. Hollis, I want to throw this to you. I'm sorry, I I didn't want to take out of the pecking order here, but on the Jalen Ragor pick, I'm I'm still ambivalent. I, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm sorry, that's a better term. Only because you have to consider that the person throwing the ball to him, the uh, most of the season had the worst season of most quarterbacks of all time. So you can't you can't really. I, I don't want Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I, I get it. I still think Justin Jefferson would have been a better pick, agreed, in theory. And just, you know, what did he have? He had 100 receptions plus this year. But 
First team I, I, all pro. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to give up on uh, or say Jalen Regor is not going to be uh, a legitimate impact player on this team just yet because person throwing the ball to him couldn't throw the freaking ball to him. Mm. So Zach, go ahead. He barely played with Jalen Rager because he was hurt most of the time that he played with him. So by the time he was actually healthy towards the end of the year, which remember they put him in for one punt return this year, one, and he scored against Green Bay with it. So like, and then they didn't use him the rest of the season in that role. Like you got to put this guy in positions to succeed. And they never did, whether Hertz was out there or Wentz. Hollis, on to you. Well, you know what? Uh, Sometimes these things work, but I think people try to put too much – too much stock in, in, in quarterbacks instead of just drafting the guy who's good. Uh, they put a lot, a lot Best of stock. Best player in. available. Best yeah, player and, available. Yeah, and you and can I, always upgrade. You can always upgrade. Yeah, you can always upgrade. And, and the other part to this too is a, is what a lot of you guys don't see is when they even when they they may have somebody in training camp that's better than the guy that they drafted, and and everybody on the, everybody on the team sees it. But because they drafted that guy, they're going to get it because they drafted that guy because that guy makes more money. The rest of the team has to suffer because the front office doesn't want to be wrong. Instead of everybody coming out and, and, and earning a keep, it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird dynamic when you look at it and you don't learn it as a player until about your third or fourth year. And it's Javon, just, Har- it's- Javon Hargrave mm-hmm. and Malik Jackson yep. are two examples of Howie Roseman not wanting to be wrong about his Fletcher Cox signing. Mm-hmm. Huge. Zach, go real quick. Real quick before I kick it to Diaz, because I know he has a point to make too. You're you're correct by that, like the Quimby and Hollis, because remember, Travis Fulgham was up there for about four or five weeks. His stats were comparable to Devontae Adams. But when Alshon Jeffrey came back, they had to put him on the field because it had to make it had to try and validate how we giving him that contract exactly this year and the cap hit if they would have cut him. So right there for you, Diaz. Uh, I agree. And you, you, you know, it, it's just a little interesting to kind of take a look at it this way though. You take the best player available and like Quimby, like you said, you can always upgrade, but also you got to like quarterback is just a different beast. Uh, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers spent a couple of years drafting well, developing well, picking up uh, players like Sue and JPP, getting that, getting that defensive line set, building up the linebackers and everything. And they were terrible in 2018, excuse me, 2019. And they upgraded the quarterback where Brady wasn't uh, lights out, but certainly, you know, certainly better than uh, Jameis Winston. And they, and took him a little bit while to get ready. And then they, they, they made a Super Bowl run and win it all. So it's kind of like, yeah, let's take the best player available. But if you can get that quarterback, he's going to make the difference. Um, so if they believe it, they're like, you know, at number six or whatever, you know, uh, you, you got, you got to pull the trigger like Saxon. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's just one of those things where you, we, if you see the guy that you want, you, you should, you should take him. A lot of people talk about, don't take running backs here. Don't take running backs there. But sometimes you come across a game changer and if a game changer comes up, you have to take him, or you're going to set your team back. Cause you're going to reach in those later rounds, Donnell Pumphreys, uh, to try to get somebody. That that took that's comparable to the guy that you should have took early in the, early in the draft, and it, we 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 missed on a, on a bunch of players and a bunch, especially like uh, the only offensive lineman I feel like we hit on we hit on a couple of offensive linemen here and there, but then you draft Danny Watkins, who's a who's a thirty year old fireman pushing pushing eighth graders around uh, in, in in college and high school, and you bring him here and he gets his ass kicked. And you, and you why? Yeah, and, and it's like you what uh, the thing is is. 
We got to quit. They have to quit thinking that they're smarter than everybody else. The Jalen Rager pick is the same thing. You think you're smarter than everybody else. You, it's like, no, he was not on anybody else's board. Well, and, <laughs> and, and let's, let's talk about that real quick because this is something we want to get into, and we're going to dig into Howie a little bit more right now. Uh, <clears throat> Howie Roseman, all right, his first-round draft picks since he's been GM, you have to uh, exclude 2015 – uh, when Chip Kelly had the reins, all right? But in order, uh, 2010, Brandon Graham. Can't be upset with that one. You know, great pick. I think we were all a little disappointed in Brandon Graham uh, in the first four seasons. Couldn't figure out why he got a contract extension, to be honest with you, because he was just a nice player. But he has certainly turned into uh, better than a nice player Sack real quick, and then I got to get into this list. Yeah, I, I was disappointed that night. I want they traded up, and I want Earl Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so you want somebody exactly. to land next to, next to his exactly. brother getting it on? <laughs> hey, they're not they're not working right now. I'm sure we can call them up if we get the Airbnb. We'll take you know they'll they'll join us. That won't be a hard one to cover right now. Um, all right, then of course, like Hollis said, Danny Watkins, then Fletcher Cox, and and uh, how he likes to hang his resume hat on Fletcher Cox and up until now Carson Wentz but Fletcher's still his boy uh after that Lane Johnson so three of your first four years and you 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 you've had impact players I'm disappointed with Fletcher Cox since he signed uh the big contract but uh you know I mean that was the going rate for what they thought they were going to get out of him I just thought he's been subpar since but since then since then, other than Carson Wentz, which we won't bring up because we know, it's 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 been a it's been a a a, 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 a complete crap show. A well stab in the dark. Yeah, Mark Marcus Smith. To this day, all right, uh, Howie Roseman could have had eight out of nine power number one picks, but he's never going to lose the Marcus Smith pick off of his resume. We will never forget that pick, Derek Barnett. Jury's still out. I, I'm sorry. You know, he's okay. What do you have? Five sacks, five and a half sacks? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's but, got great bend, though. He can bend around the corner. He's got oh, great he, bend. He, he, and he's good against the run. His, oh, engine never quits. His engine never quits. He's the little train that could. Yay. Whatever. Uh, big pudding. Done. Oh, and, God. Jalen Ragor. And, you know, we're, we're looking for immediate impact out of a first-round player or first-round pick at this point because we have now found in this day and age with the transition from NCAA football to NFL football, you can get an impact player in the first round. Somebody who is going to make a difference on your team from day one. And we have not seen that. We certainly didn't see it with Jalen Ragor. House, your take on all this. Uh, you are correct, but you also could get quality in the second and third round. I don't think I th- – we're, 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 not, we're not getting there, though. We're not making my, my point is you, we, 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 keep, we keep thinking that we're the smartest people. They, they keep thinking they're the smartest people in the room in every round. It's, you have to I don't know I don't know what the hell they be, I don't know what the hell they're doing scout wise or are they even listening to the scouts because you, you, if you, you, the, the guys they're picking are head scratchers or head scratchers sometimes. But the kid Marcus Smith, you know he, he was at he was at Wild Wings, Buffalo Wild Wings. When he got drafted, that's yeah. how, that's how much that's how much he didn't know he was going to get drafted in the first round. Diaz, 
Well, I, I, I wanted to kind of piggy off with what Hollis was saying. And, and Quimby, I know, I know, I know, I know you want to talk about first round picks. And, and it's true. Like, that's what we're talking about. But the second round picks, I don't want to say they're just as valuable. You have a, a greater ch- chance at hitting in the first round, but you can't, the second round picks too. We've got a you know a running back Miles Sanders who's often injured had some little drop problems. Dallas Goddard seems like to be a good second round pick, except you traded up to get him and it was a redundant pick. You had your one of your best players on your team, Zach Ertz, was already there. Um, you know, like it's not just the first round because you know when you get when you get to, when you're picking at like twenty four. I'm making up the number, not not six, but you're picking at twenty four. What's the difference between the twenty fourth pick and the fortieth pick? There, there isn't a whole lot. Once these players get into camp, they got to play. It's not weird to see a second round play, a second round pick outperform a first round pick. And the reason I say that, Quimby, I'll, I'll roll it over to you, Sack. Is uh, I, I hear you, Diaz. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's because no, it's, it's like it's not. Yeah, we, we could dissect the first round, but if we threw the second round in there, we're gonna have the same kind of results. And the third round, and it's so free, frustrating. And the you know, free yeah, agent. all, all free agency, Sack. What do you got? No, listen, I understood why they took Goddard with the second pick, the second round pick was because they just lost Brent Selleck to, to retirement and Trey Burton was a free agent and went to the Bears. So they needed, they love running 12 personnel, right? But listen, the second round is almost as valuable, like Diaz said, because like, dude, Brian Dawkins was a second round pick, Hall of Fame. Zach Ertz was a second round pick fringe hall of fame probably for tight ends and and listen we sucked so bad last year that our second round pick is so close to the first being a first round pick this year so really like you need to hit on both of those picks huge at least one out of two at least one out of two every single year no but i'm saying this year this year oh oh, oh, yeah this year you need to hit on those picks because we need to replenish the talent pool. And like you guys said, best player available all day long. I do not care what position outside of do not draft a quarterback in the first round. <laughs> well, you know, myself and Chad Lewis, we were, we were not drafted. We came in kicking in teeth. And the, the thing that, uh, that I think you guys ought to know as well is when a guy comes in and he's not drafted really high, he has a chip on his shoulders. Those other guys, are, for some odd reason, the first round picks, they always seem to be prima donnas. And they, and that's why, that's why the veterans always uh, make fun of them and make sport of them is because they feel to, to knock them down some pigs because you're not the, you're not the big fish in the pond anymore. You got to work your way back up. Go ahead, DS. But did, did anyone ever? Did anyone here know that that Tank wasn't drafted by the Eagles? I, I that this is the first time ever hearing. I've, I've never heard of this before. You didn't know? That? Never heard it. That's weird. Thanks you for sharing. Man. You're welcome. Good things, Muslim Muslim. The undrafted <laughs> truth, man. The undrafted yeah. truth. And he's busting your chops, Tank. Don't take that from him. I, I know. And I, I was I, I putting that Chad Lewis too. <laughs> I didn't know. Actually, I did not know Chad Lewis was yeah, drafted. Chad Lewis wasn't drafted no. either. Hollis, you're right, though, because Tom Brady's been in the league. You know, Sam would know this best over 20 years. The guy was drafted, picked 199 in the sixth round, and he's had that chip on his shoulder the whole, his whole entire career. So, uh, Sam Brady, that one's for you. That a girl. <laughs> well, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this real quick because we only got three minutes before we need to take a break. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want to go, go through the rest of his stump, rumbling, mumbling, stumbling picks, uh, which haven't worked, but – the element that we've talked about but we haven't laid into is you have to hit with the second, third, fourth, fifth round picks at some point because it balances the salary cap. You have these guys on rookie contracts that aren't making squat, that aren't making – not yet, Hollis, I'll get to you – that aren't making 
you know, they're not they're making they're not making Dick Cheney at all. All right. So that covers up for the twenty million dollar a year players that you have to sign to get Darius Slay in here and, and tighten up that 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 th- defensive backfield for you. So with that being said, 2017 for me is still the 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 shining example of where Howie went wrong. And in that, we're talking about Derek Barnett, Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, Matt Collins, Donnell Pumphrey, Shelton Gibson, Nate Gary, and Elijah Qualls. And where I still have a man crush on Nate Gary, he kind of sucked this year. We all know. Oh, God. (laughs) So the only impact player, which has not been an impact player, he's just been a nice player so far in the 2017 draft, is Derek Barnett. And these are guys that are in – they're still – if they're signing a full five-year rookie contract, they still have one more more year left. We should have a nice balance of these awesome, excellent – uh, veteran free agent picks to balance out with the kids that are only making one point one million a year in the fourth year of their rookie contract. So, Tank, on that, we only got about two minutes left. So, give yourself thirty seconds, forty-five. Diaz, and then Sack, and then we'll go to break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Okay. Well, what I was going to piggyback off of what you were saying about the later round picks, those guys are made up. Those guys are brought in really to solidify your special teams because you don't want to give them too much. But as they as they're solidifying themselves on those special teams and not making this much, you want them to learn. You you want them to learn the defense or, or the offense that they're in. So that, that's what the later part of the rounds are made up for. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I. I don't know if this is everyone, but for me, I really only care or rate the first four rounds. After that, there's always a reason that those guys weren't drafted. They were too slow to uh, the, the college they played at, the, the conference they paid. They were too small. I mean, there's something. doesn't mean that they're not going to be quality players. We get Trent Cole in the fifth round. We get we get uh, Hollis Tank Thomas undrafted. But there's always some reason. So it's like not kind of as much of a guaranteed or like you think that they're going to contribute right away um and just like rounds one through four for us it seems like we're better drafting in rounds five through seven and undrafted guys uh that we are in the top four so um i don't know if that's the right way to, to look at it well, but that's, uh that's because Howie has to go to the undrafted pool to make up for the picks that he didn't hit on fact sack finish this up for us well, it's not even so much that that he has to re-sign these older guys for for big money that's going to take up a lot of money on the cap because he's blowing the picks. And when he blows the picks, he has to go out and trade for a guy like Darius Slay because a guy like Sidney Jones that he drafted didn't pan out. So when those picks don't pan out, he has to trade away draft capital for older players and pay them big money deals, or he has to continue to bring back the same guys over and over again. Jason Peters, you know, a big three-year contract for Brandon Graham and Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, like these guys continue to stay around because he fails on his picks. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You guys, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. More Philadelphia Eagles when we get back. And then in our last segment, we're going to get into a short amount of Phillies. JT Real Muto's got a little thumb injury right now. Uh, the NHL and the Flyers are getting back on the ice. Joel Embiid's injured again. Who saw that coming? But anyway, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. Back right after this. All right, everybody. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Once again, 
a huge shout out to John Dorenzi from Penn Distributors and everybody over at Anheuser-Busch that has made this show possible for us as well as our good friend Sean Brace and Mike Tallarita over at iHeartRadio, The Daily Ticket. Listen to them from 3 to 6. You got Aton on from 6 to 8. You got Jansen on from 8 to 10, I believe now. Uh, so make sure you're, you're, you got your weekday lineup with Fox Sports, The Gambler, completely solidified. And hopefully come by about April. Green Legion Radio is going to own the weekends, and we're happy as hell about that. Everybody, let's continue on with this conversation. Aside the fact that if you're watching us on our Facebook Live page or YouTube or Twitter, you guys all just got a shot of Diaz in his pajama bottoms drinking bourbon. We're all kind of excited about that, Diaz. Thanks for that show. I'm happy as hell he's on mute right now, and I'm happy as hell I missed it. <laughs> Listen, I apologize uh, for being on mute. I know the members of Diaz Nation are waiting for uh, for to get to our show. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm comfy here at home. I'm uh, da- I'm on dad duty, doing my doing my American. I'm wearing pajamas, bourbon, talking sports. Isn't that what we're supposed to do, Sack? As are fathers, on, are you on dad duty after drinking bourbon? Because for Christ's sake, call in the nanny. That's it. <laughs> oh, Manny. Wow. I'll tell you what, let's let's do this real quick, just to make sure we have enough time. Uh, our last segment is going to be spent on perception around the league of the Philadelphia Eagles and the front office right now. We're going to cut a little bit of football out for now. Let's get to a sack attack, if, uh, if that's all right with everybody. Let's talk yeah. a little Phillies. Let's talk a little Flyers, and let's get some NBA in there as well, Diaz. So, sack. What do you got on JT Real Muto and any implications or serious Twitter, uh, Twitter rumors or silly uh, tweets that took place this uh, last couple of days regarding him? Well, it turns out that um, that a few days ago, um, you know, Real Muto was in camp early, so he was blocking balls uh, behind the plate, and he got nicked on his thumb, uh, which is a non-displaced avulsion fracture on his right thumb, which is his throwing hand. Uh, so his his hand has to be immobilized for two weeks. And he says that he's not worried about missing opening day. Um, so Phillies fans shouldn't be worried about him missing opening day. So that's that's a good sign. That's his dominant hand, right? He got hit on – yeah, his dominant hand. Yeah, um, that's, that's the one that he throws with. He's married, right? Yes, he is. Thank God, because that opposable thumb, you know, if he wasn't married, he'd be in deep trouble. Uh, he also has two little girls at home, so I'm sure he doesn't really have to worry about his thumb so much. Um, but, but he's not, he's not getting what? any action. He's not getting any action. He's got two kids at home. He's getting no action. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Team. I don't know if JT, if JT Real Muto's life is like yours at home, but I'm just curious. <laughs> hey, can we, uh, let's rewind 12 months ago and where Quimby was. Uh, I seem to recall February, March, April, and May of Quimby's oh, life last year. Yo, dry streak, baby. Dry streak. <laughs> 68 days, 68 days slump. I was was in the biggest Pat Burrell batting slump of my life. It's it's bad, man. You beat Joe DiMaggio, (laughs) streak of 56. Wow. About to run up on Rob V's uh, dry spell, but Uh, anyway, please. That's probably about three years, about uh, a lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Rob. Love you, Rob. Me, man. All right. So anyway, uh, another another big move that the Phillies made this past week is they added another arm to their bullpen. They brought in 36 year old left handed specialist Tony Watson. So um, you know, it's it's another piece. Tony Watson. So, Tony Watson. so it's exciting to see uh, that the Phillies. That's good. 
the Phillies bullpen will not be awful this year. It should it should really help out, um, especially some of the low-end moves that we talked about last week in the back of the rotation. Uh, but, again, this division, and Diaz, this is not an excuse. I'm not making any excuses. Uh, here my, it comes, everybody. Here it picks, comes. My official 2021 picks will come out the week before the season starts. Uh, so, Sean Henderson, you can kiss my ass. You're not getting them early. But <laughs> I, I told him, Quimby, I told him, I was like, listen, man, it's for the show. Do it for the show. Do it for but the show, baby. I do it for the show. So, um, but yeah, like, you know, it should be an exciting time. The division is going to be really tough, a lot of fun. And uh, as far as the Flyers are concerned, the Flyers hit the ice on Thursday night. They're back. Obviously, we're recording on Thursday night. They're playing the Rangers at home. Uh, the Rangers are on a four-game losing streak. Uh, they just gave up five goals to the Devils, so they're not playing too hot right now, and the Flyers are getting back on the ice after being off for 10 days. Uh, unfortunately, at the Lake Tahoe game, they're going to be missing quite a few of their most important players, Konechny, uh, Giroux, um, Braun, and uh, Lawton, and Voracek. Uh, they all will not be able to play in the Lake Tahoe game come this Sunday against the Bruins at 3 p.m. Just a, just a quick FYI. Uh it's it's been a little fun down here getting to know uh, a Czech hockey player as I've now played a couple rounds with Roman Hammerlick who lives down here in Costa Rica now uh, not too far from the resort and he's whoa 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 that's that name's got to be what's that last name again that's got to be made up no, Hammerlick it's real. Roman Hammerlick you remember Roman Hammerlick he was nah. really. He's actually a former first overall pick of the draft, a defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, absolutely. Played 20 years in the league, played with Calgary, played with the, the Rangers, played with uh, Toronto, played with the Canadians, spent a lot of time. I think he played for Vancouver as well. Uh, five of his uh, uh, team, five of his seven teams he played for were in Canada. But, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, he's a good Pretty, dude. You better, you better not be turning into a hockey guy. Don't be getting soft on me down there, dude. <laughs> uh, we, we talk about golf and drinking. All, All right, right. I'm, that's, a, that's acceptable. Yeah. Anyway, Zach, please continue. No, I, that's all I have for the Flyers. Uh, happy they're going to be getting back on the ice. The Phillies just started spring training, so I'm excited about them getting getting everything rolling. JT should be back for opening day, and I'm going to kick it over to Diaz with a bit of a Sixers update because I'm hearing that Joel Embiid is having back issues, but if he's back on the Chick-fil-A diet, it might be more frontal than back. Uh, Diaz, will you elaborate on that? <laughs> that? That's adorable. Recycling your terrible bad jokes. No, I got a quick question about the Flyers first, because I know they have the 53 game. Like, are they, and they rescheduled some games around here. Are they still on track? Are they going to play all these games? Like, are they still on track and they're just kind of dice it up or whatever? They've rescheduled about four of them so far. The other half have not been rescheduled yet, but the Flyers will play all 56 games this season. It's just a matter of, uh, when they're going to play them, they're probably going to have to extend the regular season. But they're, you know, double headers, baby, double headers. Uh, my uh, wife said, my wife said that earlier. She's like, she's like, are they going to play double headers? I was like, in hockey? Like, no, hell no, that ain't happening. So, but yeah, it it would be fun, but it's just not going to happen. No. Uh, a quick little Sixers check in here. It was a rough week. They uh, started off their West Coast uh, four game West Coast. Uh, trip uh, strong with a win over Sacramento, who w- was playing really good up until that point. Uh, then they lost three in a row to Portland, Phoenix, and Utah. All of those teams are playing spectacularly right now. There's there's no moral victories, um, but uh, you know a loss is a loss here. You know, and and, and at the big top of the show, Quimby uh, was oh, and be and be if you have a back issue, I. I I have a, a disc issue. I don't know if Hollis, you've had a disc. Like they don't go away; they flare up, and you gotta 
do PT and, and try and contain them. Good news, bad news. The bad news is, is that, you know, um, it seems like this is, he's in the middle of a flare up or whatever you want to say. But uh, last night and uh, last week too, playing through that and it's not like he's not some hero or anything like that but certainly when we get to the playoffs uh if if he's in the middle of a spasm he's gonna have to play through it so um with what's going on in the league right now Kevin Durant taking a a seat because of uh Achilles issue same thing with uh Anthony Davis taking a, a taking a seat the main thing here is hey you don't have to play Embiid 38 minutes a game uh, to try and you know to try and come back against Portland on the road in February, he's got to be healthy. Protect him at all costs. The playoffs are the only thing that matters. Um, I, I want to get uh, the Gobblers' comments on here. I'm sure they're going to be um, antagonistic towards me and trying to get me f- fired up. But unfortunately, I don't have any more bourbon than what I've got in my glass here. So, what do you got for me, Tom? <laughs> no, it's nothing bad. But you said there's no moral victories. I mean, a three game skid is a three game skid, but a moral victory is. Ben Simmons is doing what I've been begging him to do the entire season, and that's be aggressive, want the ball to be a scorer. And he's not, he doesn't have to shoot 26 times a game like he did in that 42-point performance. But 12 to 15, he needs to do that. He needs to be aggressive like that. Uh, Kyle, I, I agree. I hear you. There's there's one thing kind of you have to think about it here too. They the, the Sixers were outshot by 23 points. They, they were 43 to 23 in three point shots, and that's a lot of that has to do. I know that no one cares, and it's made up, and no one gives a crap. But Ben Simmons has assisted uh, more three pointers in since his time in the league than everyone in the entire league, but LeBron James. If if Ben Simmons isn't facilitating those three-point shots because he's driving to the hoop and it's good and he had a great game, but they lost. They He's the one that's been kicking out uh, to get those three-point uh, shots. So uh, you're right. He doesn't need 26, but uh, who knows? It goes, happy back with- to the, it goes back to – I'll get shots. to Quimby in a second. But it goes back to the common denominator on both sides. They need somebody to replace Danny Green because it, it's just not cutting it. They need a true three-point score that he can facilitate to. Perfect segue, Slash, and I appreciate that. There's a rumor. Uh, I don't know. I can't because I'm not a basketball guy at all. We all know this. Or a football um, guy or baseball or hockey or really anything. Wow. But, uh, traveling. Because the good news is you're fired. <laughs> uh, there's a rumor about a trade for uh, a, a veteran from Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, Bielinka, who he had actually, the Sixers were going to sign him. They had a deal in place. Oh, yeah. And then he said, uh, yeah, like this is like three years ago. They had a deal in place. And then he said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to go back to Croatia where, uh, you know, I'm making that up wherever uh, to to play. And then then, what is the latest on this rumor? This guy apparently put three out of four seasons in a row where he was shooting 40% from beyond the arc. And he's now on a team that is obviously – committed to rebuilding at this point sacramento correct uh yeah yeah i mean they're they're, yeah they're they're better than they were they're a fringe playoff team he's he's fine i mean it's not you they certainly need help at the would it be would it it help it it might it depends on how he fits in you know on the bench he can certainly shoot he hasn't been shooting as well this year as in past like they, the starting lineup, it's the same story. Is that like the starting lineup's great? The bench has just been terrible the last three weeks. Here, they need they need like a, a Dwight Howard replacement. That's really what they need right now. Seth Diaz, so just a couple questions that I'm sure is going to light your fire a little bit here. Hmm. So, um, what 
exactly went on between Devin Booker and the fact that Ben Simmons didn't want to cover him in that game, which allowed him to go off. And then the other one is, I know this, you're going to go off about this one because probably, I think your favorite writer asked the question, but how come it seems that Joel Embiid takes the games off against the tougher centers in the league instead of, you know, getting out there and, and playing against tougher competition. Please elaborate. Okay, well, the first thing is, uh, I think what you're alluding to is the Ken- the battle for Kendall Jenner between Mel- uh, uh, Devin Booker and 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 um, Ben Simmons. I didn't, I mean, Ben Simmons was playing against uh, Devin Booker. He's also having to deal with Chris Paul. So, uh, you know, Ben Simmons is probably the best wing defender in the league now. I mean, he just shut, he shut down Dame As much as you can shut down someone like Dame Lillard or James Harden, they're always going to get theirs. It's the whole game is geared to the uh, offensive player, but uh, I'm, I'm not really going to worry about that. The second thing is here, this is, there's, there's two false falsehoods in what you're saying about these freaking centers. I have this with my uh, axes of evil, my buddies, that is uh, Rob Roy, Ian Moran and Kevin McCluskey, who I've known long. And they, they try and, they try and, Jab me with this too. I looked it up. Uh, versus Jokic, Gobert, uh, Demontis Sabonis, Andre Drummond, and uh, who was the other one? Uh, Jonas Valachunas, who he happens to take. Joel Embiid is 23 and 12 versus those players in his career. Okay, so you think he's afraid to play against the good guys? Uh, listen, he's he's six and one versus Andre Drummond. He's four and one versus uh, Jokic. He takes off for these guys. That's a bunch of horse crap. What happens is if they have a national game, the new rest rules are is uh, you can't you can't if you're if, if it's between two games you're going to rest. You rest the game before the national game. That's the NBA rules. It's not just Joel Embiid. This happens all the time. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis. I don't want to hear it's just about Joel Embiid. It's ridiculous. So um, educate yourself a little bit before you ask stupid questions like that, Zach. I love you. Oh, it's not a stupid question at all. The stupid question was asked by one of your favorite writers. I thought you would call him out on it, but you didn't. Listen, Marcus Hayes is not one of my favorite writers. And also, I'm blocked by him as well. I don't know what the hell he says. I don't know what the hell he says because I can't see it because he's blocked me on every platform for for me telling me. Hold on a second. Now I know why no writer in the city will speak to me when I say, hey, this is Quimby, owner of the Green Legion. Oh, no, dude, no, I don't like you. Oh, thanks, Diaz. No, because no, Diaz, Diaz called out the wrong guy. He's done it before on the show. Keith Pompey, I know how much you love wow. him. <laughs> Keith Pompey, Keith Pompey is a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's, he's just very bland. He's like, the Sixers scored 122 points. The Kings scored 121 points. Ben Simmons had a great game. He's just boring and dull. No, no, no. Real quick, before we take our final break, or not our final break, yeah, our final break before our last segment, I want to shout out to Bay Joy Mulatto, who is watching us right now from the Philippines. Now we're stretching, baby. Nice. What's getting- up? Damn. Yeah, very, very nice. <laughs> um, when we come back, everybody, we're going to eviscerate Howie Roseman for another 10 minutes and then call it a night. You guys appreciate those uh, Phillies, Flyers, and Sixers updates. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler. 102.5 FM Philadelphia brought to you by Bud Light back for our final segment here on a Saturday afternoon right after this everybody Green Legion Radio Fox Sports the Gambler 102.5 FM Philadelphia brought to you by Bud Light we're here in our last segment on Saturday afternoon again we appreciate you joining us here on your weekend hopefully we are entertaining the hell out of you quick Green Legion announcement we have 
decided, as you guys know, uh, as of last year, to permanently uh, incorporate a, a trip outside of the country during either the Giants or bye week uh, uh, weekends. Uh, in addition to that, we have also decided if it works out schedule-wise, we're going to try to incorporate a trip down to the Parrot in Fort Lauderdale every year as well. And that also will include a live broadcast with Green Legion Radio while we are down there. Hopefully, we'll get you enough warm weather destinations now every year, regardless of what the schedule says or suggests. And that's just something I hope you guys enjoy. Also, a shout out to our good friend, longtime friend of the program. I love her to death. One of my closest friends in the world. I would do anything for her. Jay Vagnetti uh, has turned 50 years old, baby. Happy birthday, Happy Sherman. Wow. Birthday. Wow. That, that's crazy because she looks so good for 50. And Quimby, you look so terrible for 50. How is this possible? Hold on a second. I'll tell you how this is possible. Look. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I see Jay doing that on every trip, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it's a milestone age, but you never say a woman's age. I, I well, you know what? It's too late for her at this point. We don't care. It's not like she's thirty-five trying to be thirty. It's not like she's forty trying to be thirty-three. We are happy that Jay has been a part of our lives for a very long time, and it wouldn't be the same without her. Happy birthday, sweetheart! I love you. All right, look. Back to Howie, real quick. We got maybe eight and a half minutes left before we call it a week. Uh, again, it's Howie Day, everybody. February twentieth, Howie Roseman Day. Let's celebrate all of the successes and predominant failures. Uh, of the, <laughs> the the day is dedicated to the man who uh, who has uh, ostensibly uh, turned the Super Bowl fifty two champion Philadelphia Eagles. In a matter of three years, into the laughing stock of the NFL, uh, Cleveland Cleveland Brown trade. I almost want to say, wow, the Philadelphia Eagles are now the Cleveland Browns. They are now the Cleveland Browns Not, of the league. No, 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 no. I'm talking living in the moment, Diaz. Living in the moment again. William uh, William Hill Sportsbook came out. Super Bowl odds. Last team on the list to win or make it to the Super Bowl this year or next this this upcoming season next year, Super Bowl 56 is your Philadelphia Eagles. On that note, here's what I want to ask because this is this is where uh, this is where Tank is going to come in, and I want his response first out of out of everything out of everyone. But I do want Sack and Diaz uh, to to join in. And let's do that in that order. So, all right, the team's a dumpster fire right now. We all know that. Here's the part that we're not talking enough about. If you're a free agent in this league, if you're somebody that's going to command a dollar, if you're somebody that's going to bring impact immediately to the team that's going to sign you, are the Philadelphia Eagles at this point even on your radar tank? Real fast, the question in 15 years in the NFL, have you encountered a front office that is as dysfunctional as this team is right now? 
Uh, no, I haven't. And I think uh, I think what we what we're probably missing is the uh, the new head coach and the and the uh, position coaches. They're going to have a little bit of influence on so, some guys coming here to get the to get their word out as far as free agents. But the only the only team that I encountered where they asked me to come in, they asked me to come in for a visit was the Detroit Lions, and I was like, hell no, <laughs> hell no. But, <laughs> but it was. But it was, uh, the the I think that between between them, if you're drafting a quarterback every year, like okay, so the dumpster fires that you had that you're speaking of is the teams that are always drafting in the top five picks, which is Jacksonville, Detroit, and you probably can name and Cleveland, who 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 just got off the snide this year. But you, that that's what you don't want to go to. You don't because especially in your waning in your waning years, you want to try to win. It's like you 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 made your money with the team that sucks. Are, are we are we turning into is Howie Roseman Matt Millen? He's turning into that. And I, I, what I was going to say, I was going to end off my comment with, with uh, and, and a lot of people around the league are wondering how <laughs> and, on God's green earth does Howie still have a job? And just when I said that, Russ Taylor, the Lions, when Millen had the pictures of the Ford family, <laughs> uh, brutal, brutal. Uh, Diaz, to you on this one. Well, uh, I get what you're getting at. The, the, the Eagles don't have money to sign anyone, all right? And so, like, th- that's not even an issue. Um, what they're good, but I get what the, the the point you're trying to make is. What they're going to have to do here is they're going to have to basically next year doesn't matter. It's just a cap clearing year. It's trying to identify young players. Maybe Jalen Hurts is going to be a starter for the next four or five years. Maybe some of those offensive linemen that they drafted turn out to be good. Let's see Jalen Rager's development. Let's see if Davion Taylor, the third round pick project last year. Let's see if he can get on. It's going to be all, it's going to be like the Sixers process years. Don't care about wins or losses because they're not they're not contending. What we have to do next year is find those pieces, and then it'll be maybe, maybe, maybe if things go our way, twenty seventeen would be a year where Chris, like a Chris Long, who might be interested in, in signing on, and you start getting some of those types of players that want to participate and come come on here. Um, but as it stands right now, if the Eagles had cap money. They they have to overpay for everybody to come here, unless you're a guy, a fringe guy that's looking for a job, and that exactly. and that's really where we are. Zach, what do you got, Bob? Well, on Thursday, I announced that uh, that the, the salary cap this season is going to be set at 180 million dollars. So, thanks to Howie Roseman, we have 33.8 in dead cap already heading into next season. And listen, man, you are going to have to maneuver some of these deals around to even get down back underneath the salary cap because remember where we were at. Before trading Carson Wentz and adding the dead cap, throw another $34 million on top of that. And he has to be in compliance with that by St. Patrick's Day. Good luck with that. And they have no room for error. They have no room to make any moves. Free agents, you're looking at bottom of the barrel, guys that are just looking to hang around the league and come in and and maybe play for a lower deal and and maybe they can strike something and hit for big money elsewhere. But if they play well here, they're going to go someplace else to make their money unless the Eagles can afford them after next season. Tank, go. Well, with the, what I was going to piggyback what Sack was saying was we're going to be looking for some mercenaries to do one-year deals with because that's all we really can afford. We can't afford to put any money out, so you're going to have to get under the cap first. But then you got to get you got to have the rookie sign. So it's going to be a lot of young guys playing, like you said. But it's not going to be like the year like uh, the process crap that somebody's talking about over here. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, real quick, thirty seconds. 
uh, on each, and then Sack wants to end uh, end the show with uh, with 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 an observation. Tank is Zach Ertz next on the trading block? Uh, I think Zach Ertz is next. They've already been talking to the Seattle Seahawks and the uh, and the Indianapolis Colts, which I think is where he's probably going to end up. So we'll probably get another pick from them. Diaz, uh, man. Hate to see you go, but you know that era is over. It's a new era. I hope him success wherever he goes and gets to win another title, um, and hopefully cap off a Hall of Fame career. Zach, I hate to lose his wife. I mean, um, no, like, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate Wait, what? 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 I'm sorry. The title of the show was "I Would Still Pipe." Zach Ertz's wife. <laughs> no, uh, listen, I don't think Zach, we're going to get away with that one. No, Zach isn't. Zach isn't going to be an Eagle next year, and it's unfortunate because he's been a great Eagle. He's been a great person um, in this city, and he has the greatest moment in the history of our franchise, scoring that game-winning touchdown. Um, maybe outside of you know the Philly special and the strip sack, but uh, yeah, he, he's going to go to Seattle or he's going to go to Indianapolis, like Tank said. Real quick, only one of you step up and answer this question. Do you see any other free agent moves and what player? Go. Anybody. No. No. No, I don't see none yet. No. I mean, they're stupid. I don't know if they're that stupid. They don't have any money. This is just see what you got and move forward. Look at 2022. Oh, okay. Zach, end it. End it, baby. So, uh, as we all know, on Wednesday, shortstop for the Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr., signed a 14-year, $340 million deal to stay with the Padres. His last year playing will be the last year that Bobby Bonilla gets paid by the New York Mets. LOL Mets. Love it. LOL Mets. LOL Mets. Everybody, Diaz, Sack, Tank, Slash, Sam, appreciate you guys all being here and joining us. Uh, together on Green Legion Radio Saturday afternoon on Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM Philadelphia. All of this, once again, is brought to you by Bud Light. Bud Light, Bud Light Seltzer, uh, Michelob Ultra, all of it's part of the family. Make sure you're drinking it. You guys, great show, man. Appreciate you. All right. You guys, we will see you Monday on Get Tanked, Tuesday on Ice to Shorts Winter Sports for Green Legion Radio on Fox Sports The Gambler. We'll see you next week.